Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and uh, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We need to get over there and get that, that Churn and Spoon Sunday going. I don't know when we're going to do that. we gotta, we got to cut aside a chunk of time. Maybe this weekend. I don't know. We have such a busy schedule. <laughs> That's what it is too, yeah. Maybe maybe uh maybe like Sunday after we record, we could just go grab some ice cream. Hey, I, I mean, mean I'm down for that. You you I'm I've told you you don't have to twist my arm. No, 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 no. If it's sure. food related, I will I will make some time. Well, that being said, you should always try making time for Strange Brew Coffee House. Hit them up in the morning, start your day the right way with Strange Brew Coffee House. Our good friends at College Corner, they are still putting out national championship merchandise and it is still flying off the shelves if you haven't already make sure you got your order in with them go to collegecornerstore.com or go to either of their two locations in the jackson area ridgeland by fleet feet flowwood by the half shell and pick up a new shirt new hat new polo whatever it is you're looking for from the national championship they've got it at college corner Humble Taco, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, a unique menu that you're not going to find not just in Starkville, but nowhere else in the state of Mississippi. Items like that incredible sweet potato tortilla made with vardaman sweet potatoes. So many Mississippi items on the uh, the menu. When you talk about eating local, Humble Taco takes it to a whole other level because not only are you eating local here in Starkville, but you're eating local products from around our great state. If you haven't been there already, you're missing out. If you have been there, you know what I'm talking about. Make sure Humble Tacos on the list of to-dos next time you are in Starkville. We got a lot of football to talk about today. A lot of teams other than Mississippi State, although we had some opponent previews. We got to catch up. You know, we've, 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 we've been between media days and the World Series, we've just been behind. So we're going to catch up today. Though. And I apologize in advance if I say some even more half-brained comments than I usually have. Because yeah, I wouldn't I've, apologize for that at all. To be honest with you. Well, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm recovering. I I've I had a late late night mm-hmm. um, at the Neshoba County Fair, mm-hmm. seeing my friend Hardy. Too many sweet teas. <clears throat> no, no, no. But I, I did have a lot of those cornflake peanut butter things. Oh, uh, oh yes. Oh, those are good. Who I was giving those, those out? I was just said at a cabin I was at. Oh my gosh! Any cabin you walk into, you're going to be fed. You can walk in there; these people cannot know who you are, mm-hmm. and you can. Uh, you've got to go to this place, by the way. I, I don't know if you've ever been. I've never been to the Neshoba County Fair. You will love it. I'm sure uh, I, I mean, would. Other than the fact that it's 150 degrees and muddy. Oh. Um, but every cabin you walk into, you will see people that you don't know, mm-hmm. and they're still going to offer you food. And uh, every one of them will say, anytime you're coming by, if you need any water or place to go to the bathroom, whatever, just stop by. But anyway, it was uh, it was fantastic. I saw a lot of Mississippi State folks out there. 
Hardy uh, gave a shout out to Mississippi State for winning the national title. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. Well, sounds fun. I'm glad. I hope you're feeling okay though. I'm tired. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna push through it. All right, let's start with these opponent. Or sorry, these SEC previews. So we've got two from the East today and one from the West. We're gonna start in the East. Ah, with an old friend. Ah, yeah. How's yeah. everybody doing out there? Great to see you again. Uh, Never get any respect. Nah, you know, well, you guys always do be in the middle. I'm just mediocre, I guess. Well, we'll see how it goes. I tell you what, if I can get a kiss on the mouth from your wife, maybe I'll make you undefeated. I don't know. Good God. Here we go. The Florida Gators, <laughs> SEC East champions. Uh, had a, had a, we're in the we're in the mix to play for a national championship last year, but it sort of got away from there with the shoe throwing and the loss to LSU, and then of course they lose to Alabama uh, in the uh, SEC championship game. And now Dan Mullen, you know, sort of back to his roots a little bit. Got a quarterback that's more of a runner than a thrower. You know, going to have to play some good defense to win. We'll see what the, we'll see how it comes out. First two games, both in the state of Florida, a very rare road game for them though. Very rarely does Florida play non-conference games on the road. They do that in week two. Week one against Florida Atlantic, and then week two they're at South Florida. Now look, it's not like there's not going to be a ton of Gator fans down there in Tampa. But usually the only Florida road game that's a non-conference game is to Florida State. This might be their first one in a long, long time, to my knowledge. Yeah, really strange. But, I, you know, I, the, I think this is kind of a Mullen thing. You know, he likes to get out and kind of expand the footprint a little bit, which I don't know how – I mean – does he need to expand that in Florida? I don't know. But he's done that with Mississippi State. He's going to Ruston um, to play Louisiana Tech. You know, they went to Middle Tennessee early in his tenure, things like that, um, which I don't know how <clears throat> I don't know how much input he has on that. But, uh, you know, Scott Strickland might uh, like that as well. But it is that is a little bit uh, of an interesting ball game. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I get them winning both of these games to start, but uh, playing some Florida teams before jumping right into, uh, you know, the little old team Alabama in week three. Yeah. So 2-0 and when they when they host Alabama. That will be a loss, though. Then they'll play Tennessee at home. <clears throat> that should be a win. It should. should be. Yep. I, I'm all I'm – that used to be – I don't know big, what – we don't know what to expect from Tennessee. That used I to mean, be the biggest game of the year every year, Tennessee-Florida. And now it's just – it's nothing. It's such a great color scheme with their jerseys. Yeah, I love that mesh. Yeah. I love I love the I love the mesh the blue of that and the orange, orange and, the, yeah. and the blue and orange. Yeah, I agree on CBS. Yeah. I mean that that's always that's always fun. So they're three and one, and then they have to travel to Kentucky. Interesting game. Kentucky's been that they've turned that series around a little bit. They won at Florida mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and were competitive, I believe, last year. That has become a little more competitive in years past since Mullins gotten there. Which is interesting because he owned Kentucky yeah. when he was at Mississippi State and the first year he goes to Florida he loses to him and breaks up that twenty something game, whatever that that long winning streak was against Kentucky. Um it's interesting how that flipped when he 30, went to Florida. Thirty eight years in a row, I think is what it was. I could be wrong. Unreal. Uh, Kentucky I think we, we, we predicted Florida to win this game a few weeks back when we talked about Kentucky. I'm still gonna stick with that today. But that's a game that could shape the entire SEC East. You know how how that how that all shuffles out. A lot of these could teams, win that game. A lot of these teams, everything hinges, or not maybe not everything, but most everything hinges on the quarterback play. I have more faith in Dan Mullen getting more out of his quarterback than I do Stoops or whoever's running that room. I just um, 
I just feel like Dan Mullen's going to figure it out with the quarterback. I, I'm not very high on Emory Jones in this offense. Right. But I, I have more faith that Mullen will play to his strengths because that's one thing Mullen does a great job of. He's not he's not stubborn to the point where he's going to live and die by his scheme the way that it is. He will scheme around his talent. He did that with Mississippi State with Anthony Dixon when he first got here. Had Sylvester Hempill and Hanrahan at the, at the fullback position. Used the, utilized the tight ends with the read option. He worked around his the strengths of his team. He did that with Nick Fitzgerald. He did that with Dak Prescott. I think he's going to do the same thing here. I, I think you'll see more of a kind of option-style offense. I agree, 100%. So I, I'm going to take Dan Mullen over what Kentucky's doing with if there's yeah. any kind of unknown there. I agree. So four and one, good shape. Uh, then they uh, they have Florida, or they have Vanderbilt at home. That's a win. So five and one, and then there's this. This is the sort of the stretch that defines what their season is. They play. They go to LSU, and then they have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. From a talent perspective, teams in LSU, Florida, very evenly matched. Uh, obviously, last year LSU beat them. It's in LSU. Mm-hmm. Mullen, far better head coach than Ed Orgeron. Who do you give the advantage to here? I mean, I, th- I think uh, LSU beat them last year with that team. I think LSU's going to be improved. And this is at LSU with a full Tiger Stadium. I think I'm going to go with LSU here in this game. And I, I think they're going to lose back-to-back ball games to LSU and Georgia. I don't, I don't see them beating Georgia two years in a row, uh, especially this year Georgia has their quarterback play pretty tightened up at this point and I think Georgia's going to win the SEC East. I think Georgia's going to win the SEC. So, yeah, I'm I'm still not ready to do that cuz I just, until Kirby can beat mm-hmm. Nick Saban, I'm not ready to, to make that call, but I think they win this ball game and, and win the SEC East. Okay. Did I miss your LSU pick? Yes, well, you did. You were texting in the middle of my whole spiel. I thought LSU. I I didn't hear you say it. I said I'll have LSU winning the game. Okay, oh, so you have them going 0 and 2 in the stretch. And I wow. said and you didn't listen to a, thing, a single thing I said. I said I that they were back to back games. I no, just you missed it. what you said about LSU. Just the minor detail yeah, where I said I they're going to lose back to back games. Okay. I don't know. Respect if I, me. I'm, I do respect you. I acknowledge you. Acknowledge me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got into a thing with my wife last night where she was talking about our cat was like the head of the table. I was like, what? <laughs> don't let anybody else hear you say that. I'm not taking a Superman punch for you. Uh, I don't know if I can go there or not. I just don't have a lot of faith in LSU and 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 and, and them being able to beat Florida. But they they just same. beat them last year. I know, but that that game team. was was silly. I mean, they yeah, got through a shoe. But that Who was throws a shoe. Honestly, that was that was Dan Mullen's best team at you might Florida. Be, you, you, okay, you've sold me. You've sold me. That, so that's the, and that's, ah, that's and the fact that it's in Baton Rouge. I mean, I just don't. I mean, Mullen has has been has has caved on the road. He's had he's had a couple of big games, but he hasn't been a, a big game coach on the road. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. So five and three melt sometimes. Five and three. Then they got South Carolina. They'll win that. Yep. Samford. They'll, they'll win that. So Sanford seven and three. Bulldogs. And here we go. This is a game that puts Dan Mullen on the hot seat if he loses it. Missouri. At Missouri. That has been a tr- such a tricky team. I like Missouri this year. I th- I'm going to take Florida today. But when we get to the last second to last week in November, I don't know if I'm still going on that route. Drinkwitz talking trash. Love it. He's got a little uh, spurrier to him. 
Yeah, but he's I, like he's like if Spurrier was a nerd with with a bad hairline. Well, I can't help that. Well, uh, I'm t- I'm still gonna take Florida in this game. Mm-hmm. Just I I think the talent's just gonna be too much to overcome for Missouri, but I think it would be an interesting ball game. I agree. I, Missouri could win that game, and if they, if Florida goes eight and four. Next year is is a is a big year for Dan Mullen, and here's he the just thing. got a raise too. And f- Florida fans are not going to put up with and eight and nine win seasons not, like Mississippi let's State. Let's not say that Florida State's no pushover anymore. I think Norvell's got that thing going the right direction. They have a great quarterback in Mackenzie Milton. They 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 need to keep beating Florida State. Yeah, that that's that's definitely the case. I mean that that's that's a game that they've kind of owned in years mm-hmm. past. They need to continue to win that ball game. Yeah. If he's if he's losing that game, he's in real he's in trouble. real trouble. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna it, say nine and three, but the the potential is, I think the potential is there to be seven and five, and I'll be totally honest with you, I don't know that the potential is there to be much better than than ten and two. The thing they're about, not beating Alabama and Georgia. No. The thing about Mullen is. He's never going to tank there. Right. He's never going to have a season where he just falls apart. There'll never be a 4-8. He's always going to live anywhere from 8-9 wins to 11 wins mm-hmm. at Florida. Is that enough? Is that enough is the question. Because the pressure to win there is infinitely higher than it was at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. So while you might improve your record by 2-4 to four wins mm-hmm. – you're going to have to do a lot more than winning ten or eleven games and going to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. You're, you're going that that's not going to fly at Florida. You're going to have to win the SEC East, and you're still going to have to deal with Nick Saban like you were at Mississippi State. Right. That that moving to the East really changed nothing because you're still going to have to beat Georgia regularly. It, it, it made it harder because you yes. have to beat Kirby Smart every year, and that's why I was always kind of surprised. Like initially, that Mullen, I I didn't think he would do that. I didn't think he would go to another SEC program because he had it made at Mississippi State. I thought his jump would be to another Power 5 school or the NFL because I felt like he's always going to have trouble beating Nick Saban head-to-head. I I think that he would have trouble, too, with Kirby Smart, which he, to his credit, he won that game last year. But at the same time, I just didn't know if he was going to have the drive to go to a place like that where pressure's infinitely higher. I, well, I mean, I, I, the pressure wasn't what I, I thought about, but I've often thought, you know, when when if Urban Meyer had left Ohio State at the end of the 2018 season, I think Mullen might have gone there. Yeah, and just taken over. Yeah, I th- I think I think he was I think he that would have been a good fit. But because you know, they to waited, our, and to a little bit of our surprise, but he was going to take that Tennessee job. He was. So, Which would have been ten times worse. You, you don't change anything there. You play Alabama every year. Yeah, you play Alabama every year, and you have to play Georgia every year and try to win the SEC East at a place that, that in my opinion, I think Florida is easier to win than Tennessee. I agree. I agree. All right, so we've got Florida nine and three. Let's switch over to the Auburn Tigers. That's going to be this week's West opponent. Uh, Auburn, you know, I, I've made hating Auburn my brand. Uh, I say every year. Change now. Hey, I say every year they're going to lose four games. They're going to lose at least. They're going to start the year ranked in the top fifteen or whatever. But by the end of the year, they'll be they'll be a four or five loss team. Uh, so let's see what this year brings. I think they start off two and zero. Obviously, they have Akron and Alabama State. Ugh. And then week three. This might be the best game of week three, to be totally honest with you, without looking at the schedule. But they go up to Happy Valley, Auburn yeah. at Penn State. This is such a weird opening schedule. You have three just. 
putrid ball games, and then you go to Penn State, which I guess cancels out a little bit of it. I mean, I mean, I get it, but it's like, did you really? Are you really prepared to go up there off the back of playing two, an FCS team and a Group of Five team? Akron, Alabama State. Oh, Penn State. Yeah. Like what? Like that was. I mean, I guess I, I get schedule. that you don't want to play it, you know, in the middle of conference play. You'd like to have a little bit of a break there, but. And then they have the, the. They just go with four straight. They just do all their non-conference games, and one and then it's, swoop, it's, and it's then they go right to straight the, in the SEC. Yeah, yeah a weird schedule. But what do you uh, think about them up in up north? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of Penn State because they've. They're having this turnover in the quarterback room and things like that. I always equate success to, to quarterback play, so I don't really know uh, what to make of a lot of these SEC teams. But, you know, Penn State playing at home against a team that's breaking in a new head coach, I, I'm probably going to go with Penn State. Wow, okay. I think I agree with you. You need to stay on brand here. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. You are the voice of reason. Today. When in doubt, stay on brand. Stay on brand. They lose to Penn State. They'll beat Georgia State. What did, what did Penn State do last year? They were bad. They were bad. Okay. But I mean, in the COVID year with the opt outs and everything else, four and five. I, I'm willing to just, I'm willing to write last year off for just about everybody except for LSU. Not willing to do it for them. Oh yeah, I forgot they lost to Indiana yeah. to open the season. They lost, did they lose to Nebraska, or they had to come back to win that game? What was the they final? lost? They lost by seven. Yeah. So they lost by they lost by thirteen to Ohio State. They lost by one point to Indiana. They started off zero and five, and then they won their final four games. Yeah. So they they lost. I mean, it was it they was a dumpster. Strong. It was a dumpster fire for the first part right. of the season. So we've got them three and one heading to LSU. Yeah, and I, I'm going to pick LSU in that game, too. All right, based on what we're saying here, Ed Orgeron's keeping his job. Because we've got him beating Florida and uh, and Auburn at this point. And, and we might be just completely contradicting ourselves from our previous shows. I don't even remember. <laughs> like, my, like I, I don't even remember where I picked those other teams. Right. LSU, I, 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 I don't I, remember how I picked this game. It just changes. So d- don't judge us by that. I don't worry about it. Until we get into the picks contest, that's when it matters. Yeah. This is just talk. I'm just looking at the surface. So we're, so we're taking LSU here. Yep. Three taking, and two taking playing Georgia. Georgia. Yep. Three and three. Brian Harson looking around. What have I gotten myself into? Bo Nix throwing interceptions willy-nilly. What Look, am I missing on Bo Nix? His last name is Nix. If his, so he's got the, same, the Shane Beamer argument. If his last name was Smith, if his dad hadn't been an Auburn legacy, which, by the way, Patrick Nix... Not the greatest quarterback in Auburn history by any stretch of the imagination. ESPN just jumped on that and yeah. ran. Not with it. not not great. I, I'm just I'm just I, I don't know what else we need to see yeah. from Bo Nix. So, so three and three. I think they can bounce back with wins. Well, let's let's be honest. Okay. They'll beat Arkansas, I think. Even mm-hmm. though that is on the road. Although, you know, last year Arkansas had them beat and got taken away by the refs. Yeah. And then they host Ole Miss. They've well, had Ole Miss's number. They have had Ole Miss's number. The Ole Miss last year, the refs sort of handed them that one as well. Yeah, and Ole Miss can score. Yeah, they can. It's um, a dangerous game right here. It, it all depends on what Auburn's defense looks like. It, they've been they've been so good under Steele the last few years, but he's gone now. Uh, I, you know, you, you really like Mason you really like good. Derek Mason, but he's breaking in a new scheme. I'm yeah. sure. I mean. The defense really is the key against teams like Ole Miss. 
that that have those high powering offenses. So, if you have some guys that can neutralize what they want to do offensively, you got a chance. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I might I might go with um, I might go with Ole Miss in this game. Buddy, they're four and four. Are you going with Ole Miss? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> they're four and four. Now they got to play Texas A and M on the road, so they're four and, they're about and five. To have a losing record. I think they can get through it because I think they can beat State. Yeah, they're going to beat State in South, and South Carolina. Carolina to get to six and six, and then okay. lose to Al- six and six because they lose to Alabama. That's not going to make a lot of people happy. In, no, in the Plains. No. Meanwhile, Gus Malzahn's probably going to go like ten and two at Central Florida this year, and just be looking around going, "What? Congrats to them, by the way. Great hire." Gus Auburn, fantastic hire. Auburn is such a difficult place to to be in football because. Yeah, they recruit well, and, and they have some money pouring through there and things like that, but you're in the same state as Alabama, the greatest dynasty in college football history, and you have to deal with that every day. So while you might have every now and then 10 win seasons and have top five recruiting classes, you have to deal with the reality that Alabama's winning a national championship every other year. Yeah. And that's very difficult. That That's something that you know I would not want to be a part of. No. No. And so you, your measuring stick is the greatest program in college football. Six and six in year one for Harson. I mean, the heat's on right there. That's right tough. There. If, that, if it happens like that, that's and tough. And here's the thing. They could, ease, they could beat Ole Miss, and they could beat LSU, and they could beat Penn State and make that nine and three. We're pretty much going worst-case scenario. I just don't have a lot of tr- – I don't have any faith in Bo Nix whatsoever. And I don't know enough about Brian Harson. I don't think. I think they're going to be six and six or eight and four. Yeah. I think I think your t- your toss up games with Ole Miss and LSU mm-hmm. are are the difference between and, and Penn State. I mean, they got that's not that's not a that I I think that's a toss up as well. Yeah, I agree. So we'll um, see. We'll see. Since it's on the road, so All right. let's get into Vanderbilt, and that's going to be a sort of a double shot here because that's also our next opponent preview. So we'll do a full uh, schedule. Do we really need to look at the schedule? I mean, it's going to be three and nine, right? Something like that. I wonder if they'll have the baseball team in the student section to Probably cheer them not. on. Those guys aren't actual Vanderbilt students, so that doesn't count. Uh, they'll beat East Tennessee ooh, State. Vandy might be two and ten. All right, let's let's look at this. They play they beat East Tennessee State. They got to go to Colorado State. You know who the coach is there, right? Who? Steve Adazio. Oh, is it? Just guys being dudes, baby. Nice. That's a losable game for Vanderbilt. Yes, it is. I don't have any faith. I'm a, I'm 9 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network in the mountains, Ugh. up there in the, up there in you know the the Rocky Mountains. And that's a tough. It's tough to go up there when you're not used to that. Elevation. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, I think I think they're winning that game. The, then they host Stanford. Are, are they beating East Tennessee State? Yes, they're beating East Tennessee okay. State. One and two. Well, the big question is: Will they have numbers? I mean names, names and numbers on their jerseys. They'll have they have to have numbers. That's a rule. That's a rule. They'll lose to Georgia to go to one and three. Then they get UConn. UConn's one of the worst teams in the country. This is Robbie. Here's what I think. Yeah, I think that if any, instead of in lieu of prison, they should people should be forced to watch the UConn Vanderbilt game in totality. Can't change the channel either. Oh gosh! Can you imagine how, that that game is going to be? I haven't said one in a while. You ready? It's going to be putrid. 
How about season ticket holder appreciation day against Georgia? <laughs> it's Georgia. <laughs> Congratulations right. to the 15 season ticket holders. You know, we we will know, give the, you a free you, Do you know why they, they, they have that on that game? Because most of their season ticket holders are Georgia fans <laughs> who bought season tickets so they could go to that game. Like it's, it's probably cheaper. To, deals. It's probably like, cheaper to buy a season ticket for Vanderbilt than it is to buy one ticket to Georgia. It's like what it's like what Ole Miss women's did the women's the, the, uh, the, 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 the play Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. You had to buy you had to buy season tickets to come to that game. Yeah, exactly. Which was so, thirty dollars, but who cares? I'm gonna give them a win against UConn just because I'm feeling generous. What the heck? Today. So two and four or two and three? They're two and three. One more win, boys. We're right back. Oh wait, here we go. <laughs> At Florida, that's a loss. At South Carolina, again, a game I would not want to watch, but that's a loss. Mississippi State, they'll lose that. Missouri, they'll lose that. Kentucky, they'll lose that. Homecoming reunion. For Kentucky? For Mississippi State. Oh. It's a, there's a reunion that day. Family reunion. It's the 99 what? team that Fred Smoot said, if you do my homework, I'll give you a uh, <laughs> get you catch a ball. What team are we celebrate, or celebrating? Is it the baseball team? Yeah, it's got to be something. Uh, they play Ole Miss. They'll lose that. And they lose, play Tennessee. They'll lose that. So two and ten. Ooh. Welcome to the SEC, Clark Lee. <laughs> I saw some. I saw some Vandy people just like beating their chest over the uh, the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. Like, it, just be. You're you're just happy you're here. Just, I mean, yeah. You're not really contributing anything to the football, but hey. All right. So let's move on in to opponent previews, and that's brought to you by our good friends. Over at uh, Welcome Home Beef. Welcome Home Beef, as we've told you many times before, they are selling their beef at Val's here in Starkville. All you got to do is head over there. All the great products you've seen before are there. Roast, steaks, burgers, and any cut you're looking to get, they can bring it in for you. So just give them a call at Val's. And, of course, Welcome Home Beef is popping up all over our great state. They're in Corinth. They're in Pontotoc. They're in New Albany. They're in Bahalia. They're in... Olive Branch, they're in Collinsville. If you're and they're in Louisville. If if your local grocery store isn't carrying Welcome Home Beef products, you need to find out why. Call your grocery store and call Welcome Home Beef. That number is 662-648. Nope. Nope. I've lost you it. You forgot it? I've lost it. I've lost oh. their phone number. Oh. 648. Like somehow just doing that one thing screwed me up. Like putting the wrong number in my head screwed me up. 268 662-268-8148. Incredible. 662-268-8148. Or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome home beef. It just tastes good. Two brothers smoked meats. Guess Let's what? that whole thing. Uh, you know what? I've put a lot of business to welcome home beef. They can spot me one screw <laughs> up, all right? I'll get it right tomorrow. I gave you I gave you a, a, a hat tip the other day for being able to I know, memorize I know. this stuff. It's whatever. Saying it, the, saying it wrong totally... Blew it out of my head. Like, nope, you don't get to remember it now. I've been there. Two brothers smoked meats. We'll, Robbie and I will be there uh, as you're listening tonight. Yeah, Thursday evening. Looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I'm not actually looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the meal, but I'm tired of having these goodbye dinners. I know we've had like five of this them. It's our this fifth year. one, I want to say, this year. And they've so. all been at Two Brothers. Except for one, and that was a terrible mistake. So we won't ever go to that place again. We won't mention it, but we won't ever go there again either. Uh, <laughs> Well, Two Brothers, whether you're having a goodbye, a hello, a how you doing, whatever it is, you want to go eat at Two Brothers. Great food, great people, great atmosphere. Biggest patio out there in the Cotton District. You just can't go wrong. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Smoked Southern Soul Food. 
Advantage Business Systems makes it pretty easy for you. They've got a selection of products that your business needs, technology, copiers, printers, anything a business needs to be successful, they've got it, and they back everything they sell to you up with fantastic customer service like they were your next-door neighbor, which they are. They're a Mississippi business first and foremost. They help other Mississippians, and they've been doing it for nearly 46 years. Call them today. Find out how you can become another Advantage Business Systems success story. That number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right. I know we're not talking about LSU, but right. while, while, we're, while we're speaking, Ed Orgeron talking to the yeah. uh, Rotary Club and Bat Rouge makes mention that it, now that they have the name, image, and likeness, that the boosters can now start paying re- recruits. Start. Okay. They could start paying them. Okay. He also okay, said Ed. that Austin Deculus, his mother, served him gumbo made with buffalo meat. Oh. I don't know about red meat in gumbo. No, I don't. I, I'm not Gumbo's sure. Gumbo's a chicken sausage, and then if you want to go Did seafood. Did he say it was good? He didn't say. Or at least it, it's not in uh, It's not in the tweet that I read, so... If he signs off on it, I would take his word for it, though. Yeah, that's I think a he funny knows tweet he just did. Yes, that's a good job. Um, so Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Last year, this game was a train wreck. State <laughs> won. Uh, they played terribly. Vandy wasn't any good. State kept them in the game with mistakes. Um, and it, it just was not a good game, but it was a win. And at the time, Mississippi State needed that win very, very badly. I expect a much cleaner effort this time around. I felt worse about Mississippi State yeah. coming out of that game. Yeah. And it was one of those games like we all just said going into it, Mississippi State just needs to win this ball game. Just win the game, get some confidence because they were struggling. But I felt worse. Like, I think we all felt worse about Mississippi State following that. So, you know, it was it was kind of a – I don't know if it was, you know, the, the start of some good things for Mississippi State – if it was just an anomaly of how things would end later on in the season or what. But it, it wasn't a good showing by the Bulldogs, but they, they managed to win the game. I think you need to see Mississippi State take care of business in this game much better this year, even though it's on the road. I mean, it's technically a road game, but that's, it, that is the worst home field advantage in the SEC. So State needs to come into that ball game. It's going to be homecoming for Vanderbilt. Um, State needs to come in and really command things. Um, you know, if, was that like one of Will Rogers' first starts? It was his first start. Okay, so I th- I figure he's going to be a much different looking quarterback uh, in th- this ball game this year than he was last year. Started off that game well, if I remember correctly, had a couple of touchdowns or something in the first couple of drives, and then State just kind of stalled on. Oh, yeah, it was fourteen nothing. You're like, okay. They're going to roll. They're going to roll, and then it just, yeah, like you said, it just stalled out. Like, that that was going to be a game for, for State where they could really kind of showcase the offense, get some you get some good positive momentum, and they just didn't have it that game. So, uh, but, yeah, th- this, is a, this is a ball game that uh, State really needs to win. Uh, it's on, on the road and against a team that's got a, a new coach, and he's going to be breaking in a lot of, you know, what he wants to do. So, State should be favored in this ballgame, and, and you should expect them to win it, uh, even coming off of two tough ballgames against A&M and Alabama. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. This should be a, a, 
There's not a lot of gimmies. I think you know. I, I do believe that when you're Mississippi State, you don't have a lot of gimmies. State has one. There's one game where State can just show up and they're going to win. That's Tennessee State. Every other game, they have to at least put in the effort. But if they put in the effort, they're going to win this game easily. So, and I haven't really looked at Vanderbilt. So, like, I don't you even know to. who they're. Who who are who are their star players? Like I, I just well, they had the quarterback back. Uh, what was his name? Who's yeah, good? He had, a, he had a pretty good season. He's a freshman. I can't remember his name though. That's my point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. we don't even really. They usually have a really a good linebacker. wide receiver. Yeah, they usually have like one good wide receiver, a, a solid running back, um, and a good linebacker. Like you can always kind of count on that with Vanderbilt, but they can't put it all together. In these position groups, gives crazy thing. Two of the two of the leading receivers all time in SEC history come from Vanderbilt. Yeah, Jordan Matthews, and who's the other one? Um, if you wouldn't have asked me, it's <laughs> the way it is today, man. I know it's brain fart Thursday here. But this this show has just been off the rails, but that's sometimes that's the best shows. It's, it's not it's not Carlos Alfred. No, he played for uh, Florida. Um, Duncan? That's not Duncan. No, that's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm wondering who it is, so I'm going to look it up here. Oh, okay, it's it's he's not in the top five anymore, but it's Boo Mitchell. Who's his name? He's seventh. Okay. As of what year is this? Never know. So this is six years ago, so it's possible he's f- further down the list now. Um, well, this is here's here's our good friends. I love these guys. Sports. Do you use SportsReference.com a lot? He's down to ninth. So nine, two of the top ten though. That that's not the guy I was talking about. Um. You're talking about Earl Bennett? Possibly. No. I, he, played with, I he played with Cutler. Uh, yeah, possibly. I don't so. know. I don't know. In case Let's you're just... wondering, you know, we're sitting here making fun of Vanderbilt. How high do you think, don't look, how high do you think the highest Mississippi State guy is on, on the, the list? Probably not even in the top 30. You're correct. 34th is where Fred Ross is. For career? For career receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Mississippi State, that's why I said when they switched to the air raid, it's just a, a massive culture shock for this fan base and for the players. Assuming he, he never stays had three more years. Jaden Wally? Jaden Wally, he would need another 3,200 yards in three years. It's doable. Yeah. It's doable if, if, he, if he is what we think he is. Of course, that, that said, if he has two great back-to-back years, he's going to go pro. So, as you might as you might guess, Devonte Smith is the all-time leading receiver. He just knocked off Jordan Matthews, who was uh, who yeah. Was, Alabama's starting to have some guys jump in there. They got two of the top three. AJ Brown's top ten yeah. in receiving yards. Yeah. Do you remember Josh Reed at LSU? Yes, dominant player. I do. I do. Really did that on two seasons too. Yeah, didn't do much in '99. So, all right. Speaking of Alabama, that's where we're swapping over here too. That's the next opponent on the Mississippi State schedule. Can State score this year? Can they score an actual touchdown? Can they make the game interesting? I think they can score. What's really interesting about that is I thought State had the chance to score on that defense last year. The last two defenses from Alabama haven't been what they've been in the past. They've kind of, you know, defenses at Alabama are still really good. I mean, they're still one of the best in the country, but in the, you know, 2012 and those those defenses that they had those those aren't coming along as as much for Alabama. They've kind of shifted a little more towards the offensive side of the ball. I'm a little surprised State hasn't been able to to score some points on them at times, mm-hmm. um, especially last year. I, I really thought that they'd be able to score a little bit, but 
you know, they had in the middle of the game, KJ Costello goes out uh, with a concussion. You, you bring in Will Rogers. He's kind of cold. And he let him down the field a couple of times, but just well, not able a to pick really six get... and, and, and uh, just, I think, got a fourth down that they didn't convert. I think that's what it, how it was. and Or not a pick six. A, uh, they just an interception. Interception in the, in end, the end zone. In the end zone, yeah. yeah. They, 41 to that's, nothing. That's one of the things that, that frustrated me last year about – Mike Leach was that I mean you could you were watching teams every week putting up 25 30 points on everybody and state couldn't get any points on the board in some games and it, that that's that that's what frustrated me the most well it's why you have people questioning whether or not it's going to work right I mean, the, for the first time like he never gets shut out yeah. and he got shut out in this game mm-hmm. and then Kentucky game uh didn't produce offensively mm-hmm there were several games, especially earlier in the year, where they just the only offense, scored only scored seven on Texas A and M. One of the touchdowns was a pick six. Right. I mean, the the offense was just not living up to the hype, and that's why people are a little skeptical about Mississippi State, and I can understand that. Yeah. In this game for Mississippi State, you know, let's play the upset alert. How how, how do they get there? I think it's more about what they do defensively, because you know, like you said, you expect them to be able to put some points on the board. Can they? And this is what killed them in 2017, is can they get the key stop when you absolutely have to have it, when you feel the momentum is sliding away, when you feel like Alabama's grabbing control of the game, is that when you can get a stop? State couldn't do it in 2017. They'd have a third and long, and, and they'd give up a big play. Yeah. So we'll see. The, this Alabama program is just – it's insane whenever you put it into – to this is context. the most questions, though, that they've had about themselves in quite a while. It's just you can you can look at teams in college football and say they've lost their quarterback, their starting running back, they've lost some great defensive players, offensive linemen, and you can say that they're just they're going to be just they're going to take a step back. Yeah, LSU was like that last year. With Alabama, it just seems like everybody that they put in place after the them is is the They just keep it rolling. Yeah, especially at running back. I mean, you think about like Najee Harris. We were talking about him when he was a sophomore and junior in high school. Yeah. They were flying to California to watch him almost every week mm-hmm. in, in school. And he couldn't get on the field early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Wait his turn, and he became just another dominant Bama mm-hmm. running back last year. And now they've got another one. And they got another one that's going to pop right in there and do and the I, same thing. I voted Brian Robinson All-SEC because he's, he's the starting tailback right now. But in reality, a guy like Trace Anders, who was the number one running back in the country two years ago, Probably going to end up taking that job. And this is what happens whenever you recruit a bunch of five stars. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, recruiting matters. Mm-hmm. Stars matter. Mm-hmm. And the, for every guy that you bring up that's like a Elton Jenkins or somebody like that, I, I'm going to drop in all these players that, that Nick Saban puts on the field because you can be the greatest coach of all time, and all, that's great, but you have to have the players. And you have to have people like Kool-Aid McKinstry on your roster. Best name in the SEC this uh, year. I don't know anything about this person, but he's got to be incredible. He's going to be great, yeah. His name's cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if he <laughs> – I think he's a safety, right? He's a he's a DB, yes. Yeah. I, I, from Pinson Valley. Come, somebody comes across the middle and just nail, he nails them. I want I, I, that to turn into the Kool-Aid man uh, thing. <laughs> I, I want somebody to make that mean. Run it, breaking through the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, for State, I mean – it's silly to sit here and try to predict a way to beat Alabama, but this a good marker for me is just just to be more competitive. That's why in seventeen I thought, man, states. I, I remember very clearly 
the Monday show after the uh, Alabama game in 2017. I did that show with Will Salmon. Bob was, uh, was, was out of town or something. I don't know. And I said on that show, I was like, State's beating Alabama next year. And then Mullen left, and it, it all unraveled. But I felt like there they are. They're, they're that close. They're bringing back everybody next year. They're going to get them. And I'm man, not saying that, I'm that, not, that might not have been too far out of the question because State's defense in that ball game was the best that – That was the best Alabama faced all year. They only gave up 24 points. I mean, it's just – They were the first team score. to pick off Tua that year. Nope. They, they kept him pressure on him the whole game. They just – they had a couple of, of bad plays go against them, and the offense couldn't do anything that day. So. Nope. I mean, and I mean, you go back to that, that year. If, if Mullen is there – State is firmly in the they're SEC 10 and West. They're probably ten and two. Yeah, they're, they're I, firmly. I, in they the beat SEC Florida, West obviously, and I think they they either beat Kentucky or LSU. Yeah, you know, one of the two. So uh, they're they're definitely beating Kentucky because I, that Mullen just owned Kentucky. I think you're probably right because he would have just run the ball down their throat all night. Yeah, and not not allowed Fitzgerald to give the game away. And then because right after that game, everybody was so mad mm-hmm. that. Moorhead was just, would not would not get out of that. He was dropping back, and they were just pinning their ears back and coming out. Well, they were letting Greg Island go one on one with Josh Allen. Yes, you know, and I mean, he just he wouldn't do and anything to Mullen stop. Mullen would have just said, "Forget this. It's raining. They yeah. can't stop the." Harris Williams, Kylan Hill, and Fitzgerald would have ran the ball about fifty times that night. Yeah, and remember the next week, Moorhead almost like just tongue in cheek just ran the ball down yeah. Auburn's throat. The, well, no, because, the next week was a Florida game. That's right. It was after that yeah. where he said, "Okay, all right, we got to run the ball." Yeah. yeah. You're and right. then LSU, you recall, LSU scored one touchdown that game on a three-play, three-yard drive after a pit interception. Interception, yep. And the rest of the game, the state and the state just would not stop throwing the ball. Fitzgerald threw four picks that night. I'm like, just stop throwing the football. But that season is just—it's a shame that that defense, it really is that defense it really put is. that kind of effort out. I've there. said it before. Eight and five is what they went. That was the floor. They literally couldn't have been worse. Yep. That was the worst they could have been. That that was when everyone just knew this this wasn't going to work. Not going to work. Texas A and M seems like it, you know locked in as number two in the in the West, but doesn't feel like they're a true contender in the West. Does that feel right? Yeah, just because you don't think that they're going to be able to beat Alabama. I mean, it's it's such a kind of uh, deflating thought when you think about it that. You can have your best team that you've had in a long time. You can have all these great players, and you're still probably not going to beat Alabama and and go to the SEC championship. It's just that's just kind of where this where things are right now. But I really like Texas A&M on the defensive side of the ball. I think their their front seven is going to be legit. I don't know about the offense. Yeah, you know, I was They're never good really up front, impressed. They, they can block. So Their offensive line is probably going to be one of the best in the country. They have some. Incredible receivers. They have their running back is back. Uh, again, quarterback play. The, I know they have some talented guys in there, some young guys. But I mean, how are you going to react in the SEC? That's that's a wait and see. I I never was a big fan of uh, Kellen Mond, but there's something to be said about a guy that's been there for three or four years, and and now you're having to break somebody else in. Yeah. So, um, you know, I. I think they're significantly more talented than Mississippi State. They kind of handled that game last year. It was not, you know, it wasn't anything special, but they just they controlled that game from start to finish. I think it's probably going to be the same this year. That they should have a really good season. It's just 
the the Alabama game really is going to determine and whether I, they. I feel like they'll lose a game they shouldn't. I just probably. I, I always feel like A and M always they, they, tend, they tend to always do it. You know, was it was who did they beat? Was it? They beat they Florida last, last year. They lost to somebody they shouldn't have. Didn't they lose two games last year? Or did they only lose one? Uh, oh, I have to look back here. Like, the Florida game. The Florida game. That was a crazy game. They they should have lost that. They game. should have lost, but they didn't. They no. lo- they only lost one game okay. last year. They lost to Alabama. I, I, I just feel like this 52, year. Fifty-two twenty-four. I don't know what game it's going to be. Maybe LSU with late late in the season. Maybe you know Ole Miss is dangerous to them because Ole Miss can score. Ole Miss yeah. is. Is this a fair statement about Ole Miss that I don't know what their win loss record is going to be? They could they could go four and eight. But they're dangerous every week. They're dangerous they, against they everyone, yeah. and that's that's why nobody really cares about the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the defense can give up fifty points a game, and nobody's going to even hardly talk about it because all they care about is the fact that the offense is really exciting and all that. Because that's kind of what's driving everything right now. Yeah. So in this game, you know, you go back a year ago, Costello played really poorly in this game. When Real Rogers came in, he gave State a little bit of a spark. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes had one of his pick sixes in this game. This is a game that's not it's not a, a for sure loss in, in terms of it's not like Alabama. I mean, Texas A&M is going to be a heavy favorite. If, you, if they did it right now, they'd probably be a two-touchdown favorite. But there's a game plan out there, and there's a way, for, there's a path for State to win this game. And this is an interesting, it falls interestingly on the schedule it's right before the Alabama game mm-hmm. and a lot of times that game's looming and this is a team that's fighting for an SEC championship they're probably not going to be a hundred percent locked in on Mississippi State with that in the back of their mind you can say whatever you want to you can put out all the coach speak you want to they're going to be thinking about Alabama the next week at home at Cowfield this game's not going to matter as much to them I can promise you. It's just not. So the, I think State has a little bit that, – that can make up a little bit of ground, but it's still going to be tough. I, I just feel like being on the road and the talent level is, is going to be uh, much greater at Texas A&M. It's, it's going to be tough, I think, for State. But the, that A&M is one of those teams that I feel like State can consistently compete with and, and take some games yeah. that's, that might be in the top half of the SEC West. Um, and right below LSU as a team that you could really you could see them winning more often than not. State has th- these two games, and the next week we'll be previewing LSU as an opponent. Just getting one win of those three sort of boosts State into a Florida Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, they. I feel like you need to take one of those. Yeah, just, just this find is a way the stretch. To, yeah, find a way to win one yeah. of them, and you you won't be upset if you lose the other two. But right. And this would be a big one to get on the road against a team that's considered one that, of the favorites in the SEC. West. So let's say you know, let's say it plays best case scenario. And State's four and zero heading over into this game. You come out of this game five and zero. Also next week you're playing Alabama at five and zero. We believe the winner of that is, is in the driver's seat for the SEC West. Not that, not that I think State would win. Sunshine pumper over here. It could be interesting. So we'll see what happens. I I, I just so many people are down on MSU. That's normally where I live. Yeah. That I, makes me wonder if I should, you know, you talked about staying true to your brand, and I get that, but when everybody else is in there, it feels like I should go the other way somewhat. I don't Why think not? State's going ten and two or anything like that, but I think it's going to be a good football team. I still have my concerns with them. I just I feel like there's a lot to prove this year. Well, there's just the, so many people who are just like it's just not going to work. Yeah, that I don't believe that. 
I, I just I'm really I'm really anxious to see that first game and just see how even with it being La Tech, I, I just want to see how this offense is operating in year two. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'd love to see a practice, but I'm not gonna push my I'm not gonna hold our breath on yeah. that. We'll see. All right, guys, tomorrow's show, the All-22 rankings. We will rank all of MSU's potential starters by our confidence in them. It's a yearly tradition here on Thunder and Lightning. Looking forward to bringing it to you again. Plus, tomorrow we will talk some basketball. We didn't have a chance to do it today, but some schedule news. I mean, it's just some some really too early thoughts on MSU basketball. Here's a spoiler alert. I think they're going to be pretty good. What's going on here? Has Brian Haydad been abducted? Are you going to be excited to talk basketball during the season? I think so. You're not going to read uh, something else? No, 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 no. That was a one-time deal. So, <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great Thursday. Robin, I'll be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.